The views expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy, position, or endorsement of the U.S. Army, Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Hey, everyone. I'm Cal, and welcome to the Intentional Leader Podcast. No matter how you are coming to this show, I hope you leave inspired and with some practical tools to help you lead yourself more effectively and to help you have a higher impact as a leader. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's go make it count. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 96 of the Intentional Leader Podcast. I'm Cal, and I'm so thankful that you are here today. Today, I'm really excited to bring you a unique conversation. This is going to be a conversation with General Haibutala Ali Zai. He is the former and the last Chief of General Staff of the Afghan National Army. He was the last Army commander on the ground in Afghanistan in 2021 when the country was taken over by the Taliban and the U.S. forces withdrew from Afghanistan. Before that, he served as the Afghan National Army Special Operations Commander back in 2021, back when the Taliban offensive uh, took place in Afghanistan. I want to give a shout out to my West Point classmate, Gabe Wood, for connecting me with General Ali Zai. Today's an interesting conversation because General Ali Zai is going to give us his unique perspective as a leader trying to navigate the quickly unraveling situation in Afghanistan back in August of 2021. I asked him to tell us what it was like when he was told in the midst of the chaos that you were going to be the leader of the Afghan army, which for us in the U.S. is the equivalent of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He shares with us how he was able to remain composed even as large and crucial Afghan territories were falling to the Taliban. He talks to us about key leadership lessons he learned in Afghanistan and his hopes for the future of Afghanistan. Really interesting conversation. Now, before we jump in, I want to make sure you're tracking, and many of you are, many of you have gone and downloaded our 12-page, it's a free PDF that outlines 12 key ideas from 12 of our best interviews that we want to give you. It's a free guide, no strings attached. Just go to intentionalleader.org, download the free PDF. 12 ideas that we think will help make you a better leader right away. I want to thank all of you that continue to support us on Patreon. Also, thank you to all of you who have taken a few minutes to rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That really, really helps. I read all those. and It's also super encouraging. So thank you to all of you who have taken a few minutes to do that. It really does help us reach new leaders. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think. Without any further ado, let's jump right into my interview with General Ali Zai. Well, hey, General Ali Zai, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being on today. Uh, uh, thank you, Walter. Thanks for the opportunity you gave me today, and I'm very honored to be part of your podcast. So I want to read, I was reading an article before in preparation for this interview. I was looking at an article written about you. There are many articles written about you, and it says that the, it was the evening of August 15th, 2021, Ali Zai, a lauded special operations commander, had been given control of Afghanistan's remaining army just days before, and now he was trying to convince the American Navy SEAL two-star admiral in charge of Kabul security to let him declare martial law and allow his small band of the best troops remaining in Afghanistan to keep the Taliban from entering the city. So, General Ali Zai, I want to go back to those moments in August of 2021, it's been just over a year since that happened. Many of us were glued to the TVs watching 
what was unfolding in Afghanistan, you were in Afghanistan in charge of the entire Afghan Afghani army. What were you seeing? What were you experiencing? Take us there. Tell us what that was like. Uh, yeah. So, uh, most of the people ask this question about 15th of August, but I see it, uh, it was not just 15th of August. It was quite a long time, or more specifically, we can say it was two decades. And uh, more than that, it was lost of hundreds of thousands of Afghan soldier lives, and uh, they, they, uh, they, they got wounded as well, and a lot of civilians were, were also uh, uh, losing their lives in the last 20 years. Uh, but in the meantime, our American brothers uh, lost their lives there, and uh, most of them were wounded. So uh, but the same thing, uh, tons of uh, money was also uh, 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 just uh, float uh, to Afghanistan. But uh, uh, after all of that, 15th of August was a, a sadden uh, situation. And uh, in, in my entire life, for me as a person, it was a, 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 a very big, big uh, uh, frustration, I can say, that why we couldn't uh, control the situation on that day and why we were not able to uh, announce the martial law to at least have an address for the democracy that we uh, gave this much uh, uh, sacrifices for. 9-11, uh, uh, we, we can't forget 9-11. Uh, so still, uh, I, I can't believe that how we lost for them. But uh, there is a hope for the future that we might uh, go back and we should go back and <clears throat> we, we should complete the mission. Uh, last 20 years were not easy for any of us. They, we all had hope. We all had uh, wish to have a, a secure, uh, secure and prosperous Afghanistan. But unfortunately, the situation folded uh, in a negative uh, way or a neg with a negative result. Uh, otherwise, we were taking casualties. We were ready to fight. We were ready to la lose our lives. Uh, I remember a lot of uh, m many of our our friends from U.S. and Afghan sides that were, they were fighting alongside us and they were uh, being killed in fighting and they were losing their parts of their bodies. But still, we were ready to fight this uh, 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 this this fight. We wanted to secure the world. We wanted to uh, secure our people uh, in both nations, Afghan and U.S., but unfortunately, it happened. So take us back to, was it August 11th, 2021, that you took command of the Afghan army? Yes, it was uh, uh, August 11th, uh, uh, yes. So take us back to that moment where, because there's a lot of, I've read about this, there was a lot of back and forth between you and the, and the, the president or the leaders in Afghanistan uh, but if essentially on August 11th, 2021, with, with zero notice, you were made the, the leader of the Afghan military. What was going through your mind? Cause that, cause you're talking to a lot of leaders who I'm sure can envision the stress and the difficulty of taking over such a large leadership role under those circumstances. What was going through your mind when you learned that you were in charge? of the Afghan army at that time? 
The only forces that were uh, fighting during 11th of August, that was Afghan special forces, that they were really fighting in intense situation. Uh, and uh, they were they were decisively uh, fighting against uh, terrorists and they were not giving up on them. And I was commanding those troops in Afghanistan. And it was uh, the Afghan special forces plus air force. I I I want to uh, uh, also mention them because they did a great job, brilliant job. However, their uh, uh, tools were not enough to fight the uh, twenty-two uh, terrorist organizations uh, umbrellaed by Taliban with a number of more than fifty or sixty thousand fighters. But still, they were doing a great job. So at least we were uh, fighting in uh, ninety to a hundred and 30 spots every 24 hours in those days. And it was uh, not easy supplying logistics, ammunition, medevac, cassevac, rotations. So you, you will believe it or not, we were even doing the, our rotations in soft community till the very end. And we, we, we were able to maintain mostly the, the cycles uh, uh, the way it should. So the training, the, the uh, leave cycle and the uh, operational cycle. However, we raised the operational cycle from 3,000 to double the, in the size to 5,500 or 6,000 almost. And then still we were able to uh, do our cycles and we were so spread thin and uh, it, uh, uh, still the, the special forces were fighting. So that was my hope as a leader that, okay, uh, in June uh, we came up with a plan to the palace, uh, to our leaders that uh, we, because we were so engaged on the fight on the ground, uh, we, 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 were, we were seeing what's going on. It was not Taliban taken over uh, uh, the places uh, with power or fight. It was uh, them changed their narrative from fight to to the negotiation in a district, a village level or checkpoint level to a small base level or a district center level. And uh, the, until 1st of May, everybody was expecting that Taliban will at least take over two to five provinces at that time. And uh, But that didn't happen. You can go back to the uh, uh, those documents or, or media, you can see uh, the history. There is no uh, 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 fallen districts or uh, fallen provinces on first May 1st, uh, 2021. But then Taliban changed their narrative, changed their approach, and that affected us. And we were seeing all of these on the ground, and I was reporting our chain of command about all of uh, the things uh, going on. Uh, another reason was that we were, as I said, we were so spread... Uh, Ten and uh, we 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 were everywhere, almost everywhere we were. We were doing the air to ground integration. We are supporting. The, we were supporting the units on the ground. We were uh, rescuing the other Afghan national. Uh, 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 defense and security forces units. We were, uh, uh, in the meantime, we were conducting operations, offensive operations, uh, night raids, day raids, uh, 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 aer aerial uh, raids. So it was not easy. Uh, we were, we, we, but still we were confident. Uh, they called me on 11th of August that you you will uh, uh, you, you have to be the chief of general staff or you are the chief of general staff <laughs> uh, on first call 
uh, uh, the, the call was a different call and the uh, president of Afghanistan at that time uh, uh, was saying, Ali, I, I want to send you to uh, Mazar-e-Sharif uh, to the north of Afghanistan. Uh, first, I, in first I thought that uh, he wants to uh, uh, send me to support uh, the, uh, the north because I was a corps commander during 2020 there and I knew the terrain, the enemy, the leaders on the ground there and and I was very familiar with that environment but uh, uh, in the meantime I was in Lashkarga I was supporting 215 corps and uh, Lashkarga was uh, in a very bad situation so I had to support uh, the 215 corp commander there and uh, uh, but the situation was a little bit uh, uh, under control in those days so i was ready to be deployed to north and uh, help with with the corp there but then he said no i i, I don't want you to go in your current position i want you to go uh, again as a corp commander in the north and i uh, i said like sir uh, uh, mr president I will go there, but there's nothing left uh, that I could uh, uh, do uh, uh, something special. And uh, uh, that corp is not the corp I left uh, a few months ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing is left. Uh, Jaujan province is fallen. Saripul is fallen. Samangan is fallen. The routes, the, the communica- lines of communications are cut. Uh, the, the, the number of soldiers that in my time were more, around 10,000 more, or more than to- 10,000 thousand soldiers there's nothing left so i can't bring a big change unless you allow me to go in my current role to mazar sharif and support the the troops there so the only support i can give them is to deploy special forces and help them out with pushing taliban uh, back in those areas and we know how to do that it's easy for us but in that role i can't do that Uh, Mm -hmm. then he said okay i will call you in a few minutes uh, 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 NSA uh, Mohib called me, and he said that President says uh, that uh, you you have to be the chief of general staff. Uh, I said I can't do that. Uh, this is uh, this is not the time to to take different positions. Uh, we have to. Everybody has to focus on his own troops and things. Don't bring changes. This is not the time of of changes. Just. Try to help the leaders on the ground. This is this is not the solution to to bring changes. But they were insisting, and so two weeks before this, eleventh of August, uh, I got call pre- from President as well, and he was telling me that you will be the chief of general staff. And I, uh, at that time, I accepted that uh, position. However, still I had some concerns. But I said, okay. T- uh, at that time, uh, we 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 didn't uh, have a province. Lost, so I thought we can we can manage something there, or at least that consolidation plan would be uh, good to uh, be executed. So I will do that. Uh, then uh, we we lost two more weeks, and at the very end, uh, I get uh, I get call, and uh, uh, they, they just want to put me in this position. So I didn't accept that, and I told them that uh, the two fifteen corps commander uh, General Sami Sadat, you can put uh, him as chief of general staff. I can stay. In my own position to give support to all of the ANDSF and all over Afghanistan. And uh, my plan is to uh, 
uh, keep Kabul at least secure. Then they said, okay, we will call you back. And on third call, he said, the general, uh, the uh, president of Afghanistan is insisting that you, you are the chief of general staff. This is the orders and you, you have to accept this. So our chain of command was president. He was the commander in chief, commander in chief of uh, entire uh, Afghan National Defense and Security Forces. So I had to accept that, and then they put Sami as the chief, uh, the commander of special forces. But my uh, estimation was right. I could only focus on these elite forces for next one week or two weeks till end of August. My plan was to consolidate uh, these special forces, worst case scenario and commandos from all over the places that we believe we can't control and bring them to these five locations. If still we think these five locations are not going to be defended and they were not because 11th of August was too late. We already lost uh, Nimroz and some of the provinces. So I thought I will bring them all to Kabul to secure Kabul and surrounding of Kabul and uh, we will keep the highway secured from Kabul to Nangrahar and to Torham to at least have a transit route to feed people of Kabul from there and in the meantime we will we will see uh, how we can refit, reset. So I, these were all the thoughts I had in my mind. But then when I got the new position, the first day when I, when I just went to office, Kunduz was already fallen. Kunduz uh, means the 217 Corp, uh, which was in Kunduz. It was also a, a run over by Taliban. And it was a very chaotic situation. And in that same night, we lost Farah province in the west of Afghanistan. And the next morning, which was the 12th, we lost Herat. And the night of that, we lost Kandahar. So I'm, I'm just mentioning these big provinces. These, uh, I'm not talking about the small provinces. These are very, very famous provinces. And then on 13th, which was, I think it was a Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday. And I remember when Logar uh, uh, f uh, fell. And then on 14th, uh, morning of 14th, Paktia fell. And evening of 14th, uh, the Mazar Sharif fell. And the uh, uh, night of 15, uh, 14 to 15, uh, Nangrahar fell. Uh, it means all the corps just fell up, uh, and, and, uh, Taliban uh, took over there. And most, uh, all of them were based on negotiations between the leaders, the local leaders and the Taliban leaders. And they were making deals there. And the, the, the those were mostly coming, it started Started from the village level, uh, from uh, people uprising movements, all local forces that we had, Afghan local police, and then came all the way to police, came all the way to to the ANA, and uh, it took everything uh, that way uh, post first uh, May twenty twenty one. So th this is uh, this is the the eleventh uh, uh, August, but in the middle. We were still trying to uh, prioritize, or I can say we prioritized. I prioritized the Kabul security. I tasked my different generals on logistics, on uh, uh, recruitment, on training, 
and uh, uh, we had some religious uh, uh, a religi religious uh, directorate that was giving uh, religious lessons to to the soldiers so i tasked them all i said uh, all the soldiers that are on leave that are coming to be deployed going to be deployed to kandahar herat mazar sharif and different parts of afghanistan and we lost those corps now uh, those guys has to be in the Afghan uh, Kabul Military Training Center, Center or KMTC. Gather them there, give them weapons, give them training for one week. We have to keep Kabul safe. And I asked, uh, I tasked my deputies to be, to come up with a plan for Kabul as soon as possible. How can we secure Kabul and how many rings and uh, belts of security we can secure this? Which, which provinces should be uh, the belts of Kabul security? So we were, we were working on this. In the meantime, I talked with the Kabul security team, like India's uh, director to chief of police to the 111 uh, division of uh, army uh, and uh, the some soft communities. Uh, uh, I told task them to they should also come up with a plan for the city of Kabul. Uh, the, the time was very less, uh, a lot of chaos was going on. Every hour a province was going or districts were going and I was busy with this. So I lost focus on those elite forces that I would, uh, gather together and keep them, uh, for Kabul security. Uh, the, the same thing happened, uh, as I estimated and, and, uh, told my uh, my boss and my leaders and they didn't listen which is which is i think uh, it was a big big mistake so yeah they, these things happened it, these were not easy for me uh, quite complicated situation then getting calls from soldiers getting calls from uh, the commanders on the ground asking for directions uh, when there's pressure on them and asking for air support that you don't have in your hands asking for uh, uh, ground support that your troops were commandos and they are also uh, uh, just disappeared with all other ANAs who were uh, 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 running over by the enemy. So it was not easy. Uh, the, a very tense situation. It was those four or five days were compared to entire my life. They were different <laughs> days. That's a lot to digest in four or five days. So just a few follow-up questions from what you just said. Um, what is the chief of general staff for Afghanistan? Can you just tell people who have no concept of what that is for Afghanistan, maybe what that's what, what that entails in terms of a leadership role and maybe what that is similar to in the U S if you're, if you're aware of. So the chief of general staff is a four-star position in Afghanistan and it falls under the minister of defense, which is a four-star equivalent uh, uh, civilian position in Afghanistan. Same like uh, department of defense here in the uh, U.S., but the chief of general staff in Afghanistan is equivalent of the, the chairman of all chiefs, uh, joint chiefs of staff, uh, uh, like General uh, Milley. Uh, it's the equivalent of that position in Afghanistan. In a fighting situation, the chief of general staff is in charge for 
all the units doesn't matter if that is mod if that is minister of ministry of interior and if those units belong to the other agencies in the government so they all have to follow the orders from chief of general staff so that's that's the okay. uh, the the uh, 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 explanation of this position that's that's pretty amazing uh what what were the numbers like at that point when you were placed in charge in that role of chief of general staff how many people did that put you in charge of roughly uh and when i got over uh, this position uh, we had uh, six uh, regional corps left and we had uh, air force corp and commando corps or special forces corps so but they were uh, mostly the titles and names except the air force and commando corps the the numbers were complete but the rest some of them just uh, uh, they were uh, uh, leaving their their duties or they were surrendering or like the numbers were not uh, the 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 main uh, uh, structure of mod was uh, uh, at least 200,000 soldiers during uh, start of the 2021 but when i took over uh, i think it was around not more than 60 or 70,000 including all the logistics and all other branches so wow. most of them already just uh, were were uh, 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 melted i can say uh, uh, during the fight in in in, in that uh, eight, first eight months uh, so yeah the the numbers were not that much uh, uh, but still, we had com some commandos and some air force, uh, but uh, uh, in in the main and big cities. Uh, and then once they were fallen, uh, even those units were not remained. We were only able to evacuate some special forces from Kandahar, uh, from uh, Jalalabad, uh, from uh, around Kabul. Uh, we had forces, special forces, including uh, the, and commandos including the Ministry of Defense, Ministry of Interior, and NDS units, plus zero units who used to work with U.S. intelligence agencies. There were a lot of uh, territories that were being taken, and I'm imagining there were, you probably saw a number of casualties. Mentally, how did you keep yourself composed while so much, so much was happening back in August of 2021. How did you mentally as a leader stay composed when, when so many things seem to be going wrong? So well, all the time as a leader, you have to have a worst case scenario. And uh, the, 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 the good time is always yours, but you have to think about the worst times that is coming on you and you are seeing it. And I was seeing some situations are coming on our way. But in the meantime, I had some plans in my uh, backside of my mind all the time. I, I didn't lose focus on the fight. I didn't lose focus on the soldiers. And I didn't lose focus on the worst case scenario, which was the announcement of the martial law or to just make the 
Kabul city at least military uh, militarize uh, to to make it secured. So I was thinking about this, and this was giving me motivation to work more hard and focus more, and to just think over all other options that we have. And in in those days, I was not out of options. I had my options. The first option was to resist as much as we can wherever we are. Second thing, we would just uh, uh, conduct the security plan of the Kabul city on 14th of August. I, I briefed the president of Afghanistan in a meeting while the uh, National Security Council uh, uh, ad, uh, the, uh, the advisor was also there, uh, Mr. Mohib. And from U.S. side, the uh, U.S. ambassador, the uh, Admiral Weasley, and the chief of station uh, uh, for, for U.S. intelligence in Afghanistan was also there. And they had no questions about our plan. So they were looking satisfied, except one question raised by, uh, I, I get, yeah, I remember that was the, uh, the acting ambassador of U.S. in Afghanistan. And he said, how, how, how long do you want this plan to be executed like how much time you want i said at least 72 hours which is three days uh, to a week and we need to do this but the things were were, were falling apart very quickly as soon as we got out of the meeting we lost Mm -hmm. mazari sharif and then the same night we lost nangrahar and uh, 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 it was getting more chaotic. Still, on 15th of August, we had a planning session and meeting with U.S. side and Afghan side. It was me, uh, commander of the, of the Air Force of Afghanistan, the G3 of the Army, G2 of the Army, and Foreign Relation Director in that meeting that we had in RS with our U.S. Uh, uh, partners and brothers. Uh, uh, the, some some very elite special uh, units uh, leaders were also there from U.S. side in that meeting. And we still had a plan. The plan was to secure Bagram base, secure the route, secure the north of Kabul, secure the south of Kabul, secure Logar province. And there were units like we wanted to send zero uh, CTPT or zero two unit to the Bagram airfield. We were in the meantime evacuating the zero three unit from Kandahar plus some commandos and special forces that we wanted to bring them to secure the uh, east of Kabul and then the zero one unit was already in Mahmadaga. Triple three was a police special unit. They were calling it triple three. That was also in Mahmadaga in Camp Hunter. So the commandos and special forces were already securing the front line in Maidan Wardak and uh, they were securing some districts along, around Kabul city uh, uh, for, from southeast to southwest of Kabul. So we, we had our, our planning going on changes would come we would be just quick as quick as possible to to respond but as soon as we got out of the meeting we saw Bagram was fallen and after the Bagram file still we were not giving up I had hope with myself like okay now we lost Bagram we may be able to take Bagram back because they're in the backside of Bagram there's Panjshir and in Panjshir we have got troops so we can squeeze this from both sides and we may be able to take this and then we we were relying on this this uh, uh, plan till the end of the day uh, but unfortunately, then the president left and uh, a, a panic uh, hit 
uh, uh, everyone in, in Afghanistan, and especially in Kabul. And uh, it was very, very difficult to uh, have your influence on your soldiers. But still, believe me or not, those soldiers were listening to us on 15th of August, even mm-hmm. after the escape of the president of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because I was always with them. As a leader, I was always in front line. In a chaotic situation, I never left my soldiers behind. I was always with them. I was always fighting alongside them. And I was always telling them that, hey, guys, there's no difference between a blood of a general and a blood of a soldier. It could just shred any time. And I'm with you guys. And you, I have... Uh, many, many examples and many, many events that I was ambushed, I was hit by IEDs, I, I had a direct firefight alongside my soldiers and they were so motivated. That's why they were still fighting in Kabul mm. till uh, almost uh, 20 hundred at the uh, of, of 15th mm. of August or uh, 8 p.m. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, when we didn't get support and we, we were not supported, uh, the decision came up in a way that, okay, we should go to Echkaya and stay there for a while and see if we could rebuild ourselves from there or should we, then we will take decisions. And this time, the soldier gets a sense that everybody left and they, they are also leaving the fight, especially in southeast and southwest of Kabul city, uh, which, uh, which uh, affected all other troops as well. So the main point was that that decision would, should have been made by me. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes as a leader, you have to listen to your colleagues, your friends, but uh, the decision maker is you. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes most of the people don't understand the situation. You understand the situation because you are in it. So you have to take that decision and make it happen. Otherwise, you will be in a position like me, like right now I'm saying, if I would do- have done that, if I would have announced the martial law at that day, and I have, uh, uh, today we would be in Afghanistan. Today I would be in Kabul, and Kabul would be an address for democracy. We would continue talks with terrorists or to Taliban if they wanted, wished. Otherwise, we would defend Kabul, and we would refit ourselves, reset ourselves, and go back to the fight in next three years. Hmm. So what is your hope now as we sit here in September of 2022? What is your hope for Afghanistan's future? And what do you want people to know most about the current situation? First, I would like to talk about the current situation because uh, uh, then I will I will talk about the future. I yeah. see the current situation will uh, will shape the future of Afghanistan if the U.S. and international community doesn't respond as soon as possible and they don't have any direct engagement in Afghanistan and they don't support us as the uh, the investment of last 20 years uh, blood and treasure in Afghanistan. You can see Taliban are all are, are failed on all their deals uh, the and promises they made in Doha. Uh, they still uh, has uh, have ties with uh, international terrorist organizations in lead with Al Qaeda, 
they they don't have the total control on the ground uh, uh, you can see resistances many resistances against them people are against them and in the meantime you can see isis uh, in in different parts of afghanistan they are operating their numbers are rising and uh, in the meantime uh, they, 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 they are filled with other promises inside Afghanistan about the Afghan people, which is uh, they are still against the education of girls. They are still uh, against the inclusiveness of the all, all the tribes in Afghanistan. Uh, they are still against the uh, the uh, uh, human rights and they are violating. And in the meantime, they are still uh, hunting our soldiers. Uh, 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 however, they, they did make uh, a promise that they will never harm the uh, uh, former ANDSF personnel, but they are. So uh, this, is, this situation is not going to a good direction. Uh, these uh, relationships with uh, international groups plus uh, some drug lords uh, and uh, uh, that that are active in Afghanistan, uh, they they will uh, find a way to reach back to the international community, Western world, especially U.S. to just take revenge. And re most recently, you saw that Al Zawahiri was killed in in Kabul. Uh, so when we were there, Al Zawahiri was not able to come around Kabul. Uh, 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 coming to Kabul, uh, no one thought. Uh, even in, in Afghanistan, he couldn't come easily. Might be in the last 20 years, maybe one or two times he might show up somewhere. But now you can see Al -Zawah, people like Al-Zawahiri and the entire leadership of, of the, 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 those assassinators uh, 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 who killed many uh, uh, U.S. troops and Afghan people and troops and they attacked U.S. in 9-11. They are just openly walking around in, in Afghanistan. And in the meantime, the U.S. enemies in that region, Russia, China, great power competition, and then Iranians who are right now tied uh, and they have uh, their relationship with the Al-Qaeda new generation, including Abdullah bin Laden, son of Osama bin Laden, and they are operating uh, from Helmand, uh, seeking help from Helmandi Taliban or no, Southwestern Taliban, who are part of the uh, the, the group of Mawlai Mansur, who was the leader of Taliban during 2015, who was killed between the borders of Pakistan and Iran, who was traveling from Iran in inside Pakistan, Balochistan. So these are making some new alliances against the U.S. interests in that region and in the world. And I think they are, they are going to put pressures on, on uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, allies and partners in uh, Indian uh, uh, region, uh, especially on India itself, to just uh, give them pressure uh, to 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 join the new alliance, uh, the the economical and uh, military alliance or political alliance in that region, like China, Russia, and uh, uh, might be other countries in the future. So Pakistan still there has ties with Al Qaeda, with with uh, Taliban leadership, with Haqqanis, and they they are they are uh, enabling Chinese to the warm waters, and they are enabling Chinese to. 
uh, get uh, uh, to to uh, connected to the Middle East and the the, the uh, uh, they are they are helping your uh, Russians to be connected with warm waters and uh, 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 so uh, which was their dream for 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 many many years. Uh, but these things are happening there. The future doesn't look good. Uh, uh, future is going to be uh, very, uh, 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 I can say, chaotic or messy. Uh, 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 after the withdrawal of Afghanistan, uh, U.S. Uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan, you saw that the Russians attacked Ukraine. And now, who can say, who can guarantee that in near, near future, Chinese will not attack the uh, Taiwan and uh, how how you balance the power in the world so these all things has to be considered and uh, we we as Afghans uh, soldiers and we as the investment of last 20 years of blood and treasure in Afghanistan and we as the lead to fight the global terrorism in Afghanistan to 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 secure the people of the world and Afghanistan from those terrorists like Al Qaeda, Daesh, and others. We we it's it's our time, and we we want to this time. We 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 are not going to rely on our on on our first in Afghanistan. We are not going to rely on all those old politicians, corrupt politicians who brought U.S. and Afghan people to this failure that now the Taliban and the terrorists are ruling Afghanistan. We want to establish a party and we want to have a military party, a military movement. We want, we, we, we are right now uh, busy with, with doing this. We are gaining support for, for us that as an organization or U.S. government, whoever wants to support us with this mission and we want to go back to Afghanistan someday and take it back from the terrorists and and we are ready to have a very peaceful Afghanistan in the f next 50 years in favor of the world, especially USA. And we want to stay connected with U.S. interest in Afghanistan and that region. And we want to fulfill the U.S. Uh, 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 interest and strategies there which are tied to Afghan uh, uh, interest and, and strategies in that region. So we, we, we are thinking a little bit bigger this time. We don't want to just stay a military. We want to control the uh, political situation of Afghanistan with writing. We are just busy with writing a strategy with a timeline for next 50 or 100 years to have good trade bilateral deals with U.S. compared to a political or security deal that might anytime uh, uh, just uh, cut. So this is these are our thoughts and we are still working. We are right now working to reform, reorganize and reestablish wherever we are, if we are in US, if we are in other parts of the world and then we are connected to our brothers, soldiers on the ground in Afghanistan. Around 60-70% of them are still in Afghanistan. They are doing nothing uh, except waiting for us when we are giving them a shout to just raise back and stand for the interest of Afghans, security of Afghans, and interest and security of U.S. in that region. It's, it's amazing all of the leadership experiences that you've had 
at such a really at such a young age um and many of i don't think anyone's watching the video here but um you know generally ali's are you're, you're very young to have done all that you've you've done and um you know i know you have a a lot more life and leadership uh to live and to experience um as we're wrapping up here in the last few minutes i'm wondering if you could just share your top pieces of advice to leaders because you've had some incredible experiences you've had some time now to reflect as you've you know spent some time in the u.s after leaving afghanistan for a period of time reflecting on your past experience reflecting on the last year uh plus what would you tell leaders what are some of the biggest leadership lessons that you've learned from this experience uh the lessons i learned uh were positive and negative lessons i was started from negative lessons negative lessons are you have to listen to almost everybody you can listen to anybody but the decision maker at the end of the day is you so you have to focus on this you don't have to listen to everybody and then make everybody happy for your decisions because it's not going to happen you are the decision maker responsibility is yours make the best decision out of all the things you listen and you hear from from your surroundings don't be spread and don't be don't lose your way just stay focused on what you want set your goals set your uh, uh, end state what you want uh, the result uh this is this is uh, uh my negative uh, experience that i am in this situation right now but the positive thing is i always had a great team around me i had my my, my uh, i was I, i used to be a targeter for for bad guys during my career and in the meantime i was a very good targeter to choose the right people around me i had all the time i had very good officers even more uh, very intelligence uh, intelligent officers around me that i could just task them easily we could understand each other's language easily and they knew what i want i knew what they uh, want and how they can do it so team building is is the 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 the, the main thing uh, in, in the leadership the rest is you can set your goals and you can move forward you can have a timeline for yourself for your promotion for your influence inside the soldiers and influence inside all those who are working for you they have to believe in you and you have to be very honest with them you don't have to make games with your own personnel you don't have to make conspiracies for your personnel if if one out of a thousand conspiracies are caught you are going to be destroyed with your career and in the meantime don't say lies to your personnel if there's something very serious damaging your organization damaging your country you can just tell them clearly that way you may get a good advice from them and uh, i think uh, these these are all the critical things i learned in in my uh entire career i was so close and friendly with with my uh with my uh, colleagues and who were working with me uh one uh, one time the ministry of interior came to the north of afghanistan and he 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 visited the 209 corps and i was the commander there i think that was september 2020 uh, uh and uh, in, uh, he saw me some scars on my head and he says what happened to this i said i was hit with an id and he said like we didn't know this 
I said, no, I didn't even report this because my deputy was also already uh, uh, injured and wounded in, in a, another firefight a week ago. So I didn't want to expose this. And then he saw me having... Uh, making some 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 very friendly jokes with my soldiers and some officers we went to the uh, 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 to the uh, to the office that was controlling the air operations and then had some really good time once we left he said uh, general ali zai you 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 uh, uh, now i can understand why you are successful you are all like friends. You are acting like, like a team. There's, I didn't see anybody who is not laughing. And I didn't see anybody when you entered that they were not happy with you. Like they were all happy. And they, you, you guys were brilliant there. I said, yeah, this is the difference between 209 Corp and other Corps. And I can tell you, during 2020, we were the best Corp in all, uh, all other Corps in Afghanistan. And all, everyone who worked with me, they knew this from Resolute Support side, from our American Softcom community side we were they were sending me some report copies that everything was green so it was it was all us and uh, yeah th these these were all good things that i i learned but the only thing uh, which struck me that was the, the last decision i i should have heard to the people but i should have made my own decision well general alizai thank you so so much for investing this time with us and the leaders that are listening right now thank you for your incredible bravery your your service uh, your leadership example i love the examples you shared of leading from the front putting yourself in harm's way and and being willing to build a team and and serve your team and your uh, just your honesty and reflections on lessons learned um I wish you well. I'll give you the last word, anything you want leaders to know as we wrap up in the last few seconds, but just to really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the last thing is just stay connected with your soldiers, either if they are in good situation or bad situation. They have to feel you around them. They have to feel that you care about them. If they don't feel that, then any army in the world can't resist. So we, 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 uh, I have this experience and I was successful in this and I still have connections with my soldiers and still without, I, I know their situation is very dire. They don't have even three times food to eat, but they still are waiting for me to give them a good news about what what's the next plan so this is the way that you can this is my only achievement in my entire life that i'm still connected to my soldiers ncos and officers who are who used to work for me it's not just limited to soft community but it it's it's an entire andsf so uh, please connect it stay connected with your soldiers that will give you that will take you to the successes you want and your unit wants and this will if you die together if you live together that that should be the the the, the aim of the life thank you Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with General Ali Zai. What a really wonderful person. I, I'm so thankful that he was willing to come and spend an hour talking about leadership, talking about his unique perspective, experiencing so many struggles in Afghanistan. I mean, you could just tell this guy's just a really a wonderful team builder, a great leader, someone who's dedicated to serving his country. 
And so it was really neat to have that perspective come on the podcast. I hope you got something out of it. This was a unique episode. Let me know what you thought. Uh, I hope you go and make a difference in the people that you're surrounded by right now and be appreciative of, especially if you're living in a country who has many of the freedoms I think was so easy to take for granted. Um, I hope you appreciate it even more today uh, listening to that story of General Ali Zai. I hope you go and lead yourself well and continue to inspire others as you do that. Remember that life is short. Let's go make it count.